This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Welcome to Voice of Change today. It is Lauren Jacobs here on Cape Pulpit. I hope that you've been having a fantastic week and a blessed, blessed day today. Last week's show was so incredible and there was so much incredible feedback and a lot of questions as to, you know, female theologians. A lot of what Dr. Nadia Marais shared was so powerful, so impactful that there were questions. What does a theologian do? You know, is it very specific for going to seminary? Is it about, you know, we can only study theology if that's what we want to do and there were so many questions that today on the show I'm going to be getting you know deeper and broader into the subject of theology of women and we're going to be touching on you know how every woman is called to be a theologian and that's right that sounds very interesting well it is very interesting and my guest today Felicia Masonheimer knows exactly all about this topic and is so passionate about it she is incredibly passionate about knowing what you believe and communicating it graciously with others. She's the founder of Every Woman, a Theologian. She's also an author, a host of a podcast, and she just loves teaching Christian women how to know what they believe, how to get to living that out boldly, how to go deeper in their faith, and how to really, you know, just get the tools, get the resources, and to get deep into knowing what you believe and knowing it well. You know, there's very specific things in life that we know what we believe, like, you know, the basics of our faith but then we can go deeper into really getting into knowing why we believe it knowing what we believe and being able to share it with others when we are placed in that situation and so today it really is you know about saying every woman can be a theologian every woman should be studying but also of course this conversation is a lot broader in that you know every man needs to know what he believes every individual needs to know what they believe but today we are going to be focusing a little bit on women so if you are you know not a woman you can still join in this conversation you can still listen because you know what there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to talk about that just touches on faith faith in general theology belief and you know just the basics of knowing why what and how so stay tuned felicia's with me after this Felicia, it is so good to have you with me today. I am so, so excited to have you joining me here on the show today. And before we get into a very, very important topic, one that you are passionate about, one that I am passionate about. Firstly, welcome to the show. I hope that you're doing super well today. I am. Thank you so much for having me on. Now, you have an incredible passion for knowing what you believe. And that's not just about knowing what you believe, you know, because it's not just a simple thing of going, okay, know what you believe. Like we know what we believe. We know Jesus is the Messiah. He died. He rose again. You know, those are basic doctrines, basic principles that we believe. But you are very passionate about theology and very passionate about going deep and knowing exactly what you believe. Tell us a bit about that journey for yourself on, you know, getting into theology, getting into really understanding, not just basics, but deeper, deeper things. Yes, absolutely. So in the United States, at least, typically, if someone is studying theology or studying religion, it's with the goal of becoming a pastor. And in the United States, that is a male dominated role. And so there can be this uh, kind of 
idea that if you're a woman, especially that you don't need to study theology or you don't need to study the Bible on a deeper level, because that's what pastors do. And if you're not planning to go into ministry as a woman, then you kind of feel like you don't need to study it, that it's kind of irrelevant to you. And as a young child, I did grow up in a Christian home. I just was so interested in why the Bible said what it said. I wanted to know why God was giving certain instructions and why the gospel is the way it is. And I found that as I dug into these answers, it actually made me that much more confident in my faith and actually brought me so much closer to the Lord himself. And so I eventually did go to college for religion and theology, and that was a great experience. But when I came out of my degree, I realized there are so many women who need this information who aren't going to go and get a degree in theology or in religion. And so I have enjoyed being able to share those truths that that you might hear in a seminary or a university on a level that the average person can take in and can live out. And so I, I personally have seen the impact on my, my faith and how my faith works out in the world by knowing these things. And I've also seen the impact on the men and women that I've been able to share it with. Hmm. You touched on so many important things, you know, just in sharing with us for a few minutes. It is also very similar. It has historically been quite similar here in South Africa. We spoke about this uh, last week on the show, you know, with studying theology to become a pastor, you know, to going to mm-hmm. some kind of pastoring or shepherding and some kind of leadership, you know, church leadership. So people who study theology is basically, okay, that's why you study it. And that is your kind of goal, you know, but again, and also historically, it has been very male dominated. And also here in South Africa, we know that this is changing, but we know that this is still our mindset. And I love that you mentioned that, you know, people who sometimes go to seminary, and I know people like this as well, that studied with me, they went to seminary, but their goal wasn't going to become a pastor, you know, it wasn't to be in kind of leadership or ministry. And, and so when you went to study and when you were studying, did you kind of feel like that was something that you needed to do for yourself or just, you know, it wasn't that you had this goal to become a pastor or maybe in some sort of leadership like that, but it was something that God was leading you to do. Yes, 100%. So I was privileged that I worked for the university where I got my degree. So I was able to get that degree without going into debt. And I do think that was a special situation and it was important for the long-term story of my ministry, but I didn't go to get that degree with the goal of becoming a pastor, Mm -hmm. even though I was a writer and I did, I did write extensively about what I was learning. And that was kind of the beginning of my ministry. My goal wasn't to be in a specific leader leadership position in Mm -hmm. studying that information. And I think because of that, perhaps I realized just how essential what I was learning is for every Christian. It isn't just for the people who are on a stage or who are evangelists like me and what I do. It's for the person who's a stay-at-home mom discipling her children. It's for the man who is an engineer and is talking to his coworkers about his faith. Everyone needs to be able to explain what they believe and why they believe it. And that information shouldn't be stowed away in the libraries of a seminary. Hmm. Sure, this is so, so powerful. And I love this. Just recently, I was 
you know, having a conversation with someone and they say to me, wow, you know, I don't really know a lot about how to really defend my faith. This person was saying to me, and I'd love to maybe know more about apologetics. I've never thought about it. You know, I've never thought about how to share my faith. I've never thought about why I believe what I do. And this lady was saying to me, you know, I actually think now that I've got to the certain age in my life that maybe I do need to know these things, but how do I start? Where do I go? You know, I've been in the church for a very long time, but I still feel so inadequate when I have to share my faith or tell somebody why I believe what I believe. You know, I'm not equipped to do that. I haven't been equipped. So where do I begin? And Felicia, that's a question that that I'm going to, you know, bring to you. You know, if there's a woman, we're talking specifically to women today. Yes, this conversation applies to men as well, but really want to narrow it down to women, you know, and say, if someone said to you, where do I begin? You know, I do want to be able to know deeper for myself why I believe certain things, but also want to share that with others. How would you encourage them? Where does somebody start? That's a great question. And I do realize that it can feel super overwhelming. Like how do we, how do we understand what we've put our faith in and then explain that to other people? Hmm. And my first question for someone in this situation is, do you read your Bible itself without any devotionals? Do you do that yet? Hmm. And that isn't a shame-based question. I'm not trying to shame someone. If the answer is no, I'm just trying to get a read for where they're at in terms of their biblical literacy. So just like we need to be literate to read books, right? In school, Hmm. we need to be biblically literate. We need to know the Bible itself to be able to understand our faith. And too often what we're dealing with today, I think on a global scale are Christians who don't actually read the Bible itself. They read a devotional or, you know, a Christian lifestyle book, even from really great authors, but because they're not reading the Bible itself, they're not actually confident in what it says and able to compare these books to scripture and ask questions, you know, does this teaching line up with what the Bible actually says? Because we don't teach people how to study the Bible effectively, they, they're kind of out there being tossed around by every wind of doctrine as Mm. scripture says. So my first question to someone is, do you read your Bible? If you don't, what's your, what's your stumbling block? What keeps you from that? And a lot of times it's, I just don't know how. Mm. So that would be then, okay, we need to, we need to start by teaching you how to study the Bible. And there's so many great resources on that now. Mm -hmm. And then once we get you studying the Bible on your own and you feel confident there, then we'll move you to understanding basic theology, which is just the Bible explained and applied. Mm-hmm. You know, this is interesting because again, you, you're saying to us something that's very important today as well. And I was actually taking some notes while you were talking. This whole reality, sometimes we do as people, you know, go into, I read the Bible and I read a lot of devotionals, you know, or I have apps um, on that I use on my phone when I read the Bible and it's more devotional in nature. But that is very, very different from actually studying the Bible and actually just getting into it and, you know, reading it as just 
as it is, you know, reading it without that devotional setting. And then again, like you said, it's because people often sit, and as believers, we often sit and we go, well, where do I start? You know, am I supposed to read Jeremiah? Am I supposed to read, you know, Acts? Where, where am I at and how do I begin? And I think that this is so important to break it down because so many people feel so much when they come to the Bible, there's just so much that they need to know or they feel so overwhelmed. So if someone is approaching the Bible and saying, okay, you know, I haven't really been exposed to a lot of theology. I know basically what I believe. Where can I start reading? You know, do you do you often say to them, okay, start, you know, in the gospels or start with something that mm. you're passionate about? How do they really start to just read for that reading sake? And then maybe you know, a lot of times we talk about frame of reference. People come to the Bible with, we have this frame of reference inside of us, our, mm-hmm. our interpretation, all the things we've been through. You know, how important is it to kind of put that aside sometimes as well when we approach the Bible to hear its own words? Those are two great questions. And I would say with the, the second one, how do we set aside our own bias? We all bring this kind of modern bias to the text and the text was written 2000 to 4,000 years ago. Hmm. So to approach it for itself, we do have to constantly remind ourselves this was written in a different time. And this is why study Bibles and commentaries are so helpful because they'll tell you, you know, culturally, this is what the time in which Jesus lived. And hmm. this is why he said this, etc. Um, so coming to that text and saying, okay, this was written in a different time to different people and narrowing in on the principle about God. So instead of reading the Bible and saying, how do I find myself here? What does this speak to me? What does it tell me about me? We come to the Bible and we say, what does this tell me about God? What's the principle about God that was being taught to these ancient people? And how does that principle apply today? That's called building a theological bridge. One scholar calls it that. Mm. And then as far as where to start, you said the gospels, and I would agree because starting in the gospels, they're written in a narrative that is very approachable for the average person. Mm. They're written to document Jesus' life and ministry and who he was. And once you have that foundation, you can then go back to the Old Testament and see how Jesus was speaking from the Old Testament, how he fulfilled the Old Testament. And then you can go forward into the New Testament and see how the church lived out their belief in Jesus. So the gospels are a super great place to start. Mm, I love that. I remember when I first got saved, uh, I was about 20 years ago, and I remember sitting in church services and having the pastor preaching. And all I did, uh, you know, was just read the Bible. I kind of, you know, sort of kind of slumped in my chair so that no the pastor wouldn't see me. And I was just like reading the gospels because as a young Christian, it was like, I just wanted to know Jesus, you know, I wanted to know this God that I served. I had that hunger to know who he is. And I think that it was so important to read the gospels like you sharing with us as well. It's so important to read the gospels and to actually read them. You know, I would say read all of them, you know, one after the other, it's like a biography almost layer upon layer. And I think that it's so powerful. And again, you know, then you can go like you saying to us, you know, into the old Testament and look at all of this. Now you founded every woman, a theologian. And I love that. Tell us a bit about what that is about. You know, how did you 
what did you feel that you needed to do? Did you feel you needed to bring, like we've been talking about theology to women or encourage women to become their own theologians and get into theology? How did that start? What's it about? Well, it really started 10 years ago when I was in college for religion and I was writing extensively about how God leads us actually in our sexuality and particularly for women who struggle with pornography, because 10 years ago, this really wasn't talked about oh, the female mm. struggle with pornography. And so I was digging into scripture on, you know, why is this why is this a struggle for women? How do we navigate repentance and restoration when we fail in this area? And how do we get free from this? Because I had had personal experience with it. Hmm. And as I was digging into that topic, what I began to realize is if the Bible doesn't have authority, like if we can't trust it, it has no authority to tell me what to do with my sexuality. Hmm. So I need to know why I can trust the Bible. And so I began digging into that topic and through that kind of domino effect, I, as I was writing through it on my website over the years, I gathered these women to what I was writing because they resonated with that question. Why does the Bible have authority to, to tell me how to live my life? What do I do about my struggles? If I'm a Christian what is repentance? What does that look like? Um, how am I saved? How do I know that I'm saved? These are all theological questions mm. and they're questions that people are debating and writing about in seminary, but they are questions that are super applicable to our daily life. When I'm sitting in my bedroom struggling with a sin, for instance, like pornography, how do I know if I repent that I'm forgiven and what do I do after that? That's a theological question that I had to work through and that many other people do too. And so I began to write materials teaching what is the theology of salvation? What is the theology of repentance? What does the Bible say about sexuality? And these were answers for me, but they were also answers for other people from scripture. And so typically what I do now is I actually present multiple viewpoints on certain topics. So if we're talking about baptism, I'll present four different views on the topic mm. of baptism, or we'll talk about different views of the atonement or different views of, of salvation so that people get a big picture of what the church around the world believes about these things. Mm. Well, and I think all of those things and all of these topics that you touched on are so, so important to our daily lives. You know, how, you know, does the Bible, how does it have authority over my life? Why can I believe it? Why can I trust the Bible? You know, how do I feel about repentance? What is it? You know, is it just going, oh, I'm sorry. And then tomorrow back to a pattern of behavior that is, that is quite sinful. I think these are such important topics that you're talking to us about. And, you know, I'm sure that so many of the listeners want to, you know, get onto the website and learn some more. We're going to be able to give you all the information at the end of the show at the end of our time but we haven't got to the end yet we're only kind of halfway through we're going to go to a quick song break we don't want you to go anywhere felicia is still going to be with me after this and we're going to get deeper into you know theology and also there's going to be a few questions that i'm going to ask her that i know is going to be super important for you to hear today so don't go anywhere stay tuned enjoy some music you're with me, Lauren Jacobs, on Voice of Change today. Welcome to the show. If you just joined, I hope that you have been with me all the way from the beginning because I'm with Felicia and we are talking about every woman, a theologian, but also 
why you need to know what you believe. Now, Felicia, there's something that I actually want to touch on today that kind of veers a tiny little bit off, but it's still knowing what we believe. And I think it's a very important topic, a very important conversation. And that's what we do here on Voice of Change. I like to, you know, give different aspects of things, different ways of thinking. You mentioned before we went to the song, you know, talking about in your journey, you were talking about that, you know, female sexuality and also, you know, talking about pornography as well. And, mm-hmm. and that coming up for women. And like you said, that is something that people do not talk a lot about. It's not something that's kind of we hear about or there's books, too many books written about it, which brings me when we talk about a book to something that you have shared a lot about on social media, on your website, and I want you to share a bit with us today, is about Redeeming Love. Now here, Redeeming Love was actually filmed right here in Cape Town, not so far from where I'm sitting. Um, I actually have a friend, yeah, it's quite interesting, who was actually in the film. And and I I resonated with a lot of what you shared on your social media about redeeming love, and I'd love you just to share your perspective and you know your perspective biblically on the film itself that has been coming out because a lot of people actually have asked me should they see the film or shouldn't they? The trailer looked mm-hmm. a bit strange. Um, some people felt uncomfortable about it. Some people had questions. Mm-hmm. I'd love for us to talk about that because I think it's so important. What what you know would you like to share on this topic? Well, first of all, I know that the author of the original book, because the movie is based on a book, uh, Francine Rivers, has a truly good heart and that she was truly, when she wrote the book over 20 years ago, trying to express the love and redemption of God in a story based on the book of Hosea. Now, in scripture, the book of Hosea is about a prophet who is called by God to marry a woman who then cheats on him multiple times and becomes a prostitute. And he redeems her back, takes her back as an image of God's relationship with Israel and God's redeeming of Israel's sin. Hmm. And so in scripture, that's a repeated um, pattern that we see in the book of Hosea. And Francine Rivers took that story and she created a fictional plot line um, that because it's a novel, took many, many liberties with the Hosea story. She said it in America in the 1800s. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, brothels and the gold rush and things like that for in, in our history. And a couple of things that I, I just caution people with this material, and this is not just about redeeming love. I would say this about any romance novel, Christian or non. If you have a history of pornography use or reading erotic novels, which are pornographic novels, Mm -hmm. this kind of material, it can be very unhelpful for you because it can actually open a door to send you back towards that addiction if you are on your way out. And what's hard for many Christian women is um, they have redeeming love recommended to them without any context. There's no warning. There's no, Mm -hmm. Hey, this might be triggering for you. Um, and that's just part of loving someone well is taking care for things that may trigger them. Another major theme in the movie is child abuse, child sexual abuse specifically. And that is a huge trigger for someone who's a victim. And so we just have to be so careful in who we are recommending this material to. It may be super helpful to us in our view of God, Hmm. but it may be very damaging to someone else. And so we just have to be so cautious and 
think about where other people are at in their walk with the Lord and in their spiritual maturity, perhaps in their history of addiction or abuse before we recommend material like this. Hmm. Thank you so much for, for raising that for us as well, because like you're saying to us, we need to love well and loving well also means that sometimes there needs to be a caution that we do bring up and say, Hey, you know what, think about this and reflect on that. And I think it's so important just to hear because sometimes someone might be sitting feeling, and even someone listening to us might be sitting feeling, actually, I feel a little bit uncomfortable. I maybe did see the film now feel uncomfortable. I don't know why I'm the only one that feels uncomfortable, you know, out of my friends. And now maybe, you know, there's a greater freedom that they experience listening to us saying, actually, okay, I'm not the only one that felt that way. Or maybe there's a reason I felt that way. And that that is such a good thing to consider. And, you know, as we are in this incredible season, you know, of where we talk about Lent, you know, here in South Africa, people don't really talk about Lent. We don't really use that word a lot because it's it's not in everyone's denomination, but it is for many people Lent season. And for other people who don't, you know, call it Lent, it is also just that season where it's just leading up to that time of Jesus' crucifixion. And if you could give a message to women specifically today for the season that we find ourselves in leading up to that time where Jesus was crucified at the Passover and where he became that sacrifice, what would your message for women be today? Oh, wow. Well, I would just say that it's so easy to forget the power of what Jesus did at the Passover on the cross, because we're so familiar with the story, right? We hear it every year. Maybe we heard it all growing up and it isn't as new to us anymore, but I love to reread those chapters of the gospels around this time, just Mm. to remind myself of what Jesus did and what he went through for us. And that this was all the love of God poured out into a human man, the very, you know, divine man who went to the cross for us. And that is so, so powerful, but we forget it because we're so familiar with it. And we don't want familiarity to breed contempt towards the cross. And so during this season, um, even if you don't do Lent, it can be just a great time to reread the gospels and to pay attention to what Jesus did as we get closer and closer to Easter. Mm. I think that is so cool. You know, to like you said, if, so used to the story and, you know, maybe even used to seeing films on it and you know, series on it these days where there's so many things that you can be exposed to just watching. And some people also feel that, you know, the story of the crucifixion is actually quite a, it's a, it's a violent story. It's almost that the gospel is, is violent in a way, you know, and that sometimes strikes a bit of like unnerving in people when they approach the story, you know, of the crucifixion, you know, there's so much betrayal, you know, and there's so much, you know, almost well, of course, there's violence, you know, and just what Jesus went through. And I think that that can be quite unnerving that it could be that people don't read it. And it, and it can be if you're sensitive, it's like, oh, you know, do I really have to read the stories again? But like you're saying as well, just to remember the there is beauty in it. You know, what Christ did for us is very, very powerful. And I think to just get into that is really, really just amazing to just breathe life into us again. And Felicia, I also wanted to ask you today, you know, 
if we are sitting now, this is going to get back to the theological question because that's what we were kind of talking about, our main theme for today. If we had to focus on five basic key theological doctrines or beliefs that we should hold close to us that, you know, we should study if we want to start, you know, maybe someone listening is saying, hey, I read the Bible, like I've read it and I read it all the time and I don't do devotionals, but I do that study work. I want to get into basic theology. What Mm -hmm. five basic theological beliefs should I be looking at studying over this next year in 2022? As As you know, there could be some woman listening going, I want to get into something. I want to dig my teeth into something. I don't want to go to seminary. I don't want to go to university, but what can I be focusing on? What would you say to them? Oh, wow. Five. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. I would say first the authority of scripture. How was it compiled? Why can we trust it? Why do we get to let this collection of books tell us what to do with our lives? That's a big one. So the authority of scripture would be the first one. A second one would be the nature of God. And you could, you know, kind of, you could combine them all nature of God and Christ and the Holy spirit. Those are often separated into three different disciplines, mm-hmm. but together, you know, who is the Trinity? How does that work? You know, to our knowledge, how do we understand who God is and, and Christ and then the Holy spirit. So doctrine of the Trinity, I think is really important, especially depending on where you live mm-hmm. in the world. Um, third, I would say the doctrine of salvation. So justification and sanctification, how are we made right with God? And then how do we live that out? Mm -hmm. Those are the doctrines of salvation, justification, and sanctification. So the nice fancy words you can use at Mm -hmm. parties. (laughs) And then your fourth one, I would actually revisit the Holy spirit again, because Mm -hmm. I can't speak for South Africa, but here in the United States, um, the doctrine of the Holy spirit is not very effectively taught. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't really know how he, how he works and why God gave him to us and, and how that looks in daily life. So I would say your fourth topic would be the Holy spirit. And then your fifth and final topic would be eschatology or end times mm-hmm. theology, because in today's world right now, how we think about Christ's return and what his goal is for the world is so impactful on how we live our lives day to day. Mm, thank you so much for that. So we've got a lot of study to do here today. You know, for the listeners, that's what you can be looking at. And eschatology is something that people are focusing so much on. There's so much questions going on as we even see this war between, you know, Russia and Ukraine, and we see things heating up and happening in the world. Our hearts are so moved for the suffering of the people. And then we go to the scripture and we say, where can we find this? You know, does the Bible speak to these events? You know, is there some sort of hope that we can have? What's going to happen? And so many questions that people have. And I think it's so important to know what you believe and to know why you believe it and especially end time studies. So I love that, Felicia. Thank you so much for giving that to us. And in closing today, I'm going to ask you one last question. And that is, you know, what, what would you feel? What do you feel in your heart towards women, you know, pursuing theology? Do you hope that more and more women pick that up and more and more women get involved in that? You know, obviously, like we said, doesn't mean that it might lead to pastoring. It might lead to pastoring or leadership, but, you know, just in everyday life, do you really feel and hope that more women will get into that? Are you personally seeing more and more women studying what they believe and getting into theological you know, training and just understanding for themselves. Is this something that you see increasing or do you hope it's going to just get more and more? 
I do see it increasing and I do hope it continues to increase. And, and what we currently are passionate about right now at Every Woman a Theologian is resourcing communities that don't have access to theological books or libraries. For instance, we have worked with a few of our followers in South America who have said, we don't have a lot of theological resources in Spanish and we mm-hmm. need them. Um, so for communities that need basic theological resources in their language. Um, That's something that we would love to expand into down the road because I do see women, at least in the United States, pursuing Mm -hmm. this, but we want to reach women who don't have access to as many resources as the United States does. And so that's definitely something that I see the passion there. And now we just need to get the materials into these, the hands of these women. Hmm. Amen. Amen. And amen. And all the best for that. May God richly bless you in doing that because that is so, so powerful and so, so important. Felicia, it's been so good to have you with me on the show today. I've loved just hearing your wisdom, you know, hearing your insight. And as we close, I would love for you to be able to share with our listeners if there are any women that are maybe listening and saying, hey, I want to learn more. I want to know more. I want to hear more of what you've been talking about. You know, can they visit your website? How can they, you know, get more? information. Absolutely. So on Instagram, Facebook, social media, I am Felicia Masonheimer spelled with P H Y. My organization is every woman, a theologian. And if you search either of those, either me or the organization, we should come right up. Our website is FeliciaMasonheimer.com, And we have an entire shop full of resources. We ship internationally, but we also try to create ebook and PDF resources of everything that we have in print so that our international followers don't have to pay for shipping. So we do our best to make sure those things are accessible around the world as much as we can. And I love hearing from people in every part of the globe. It's so Mm -hmm. encouraging to me to know just how big and beautiful the church is and just hear what, what are the struggles in your particular area of the country? How can we find Um, resources that equip you to talk about your faith with confidence. Mm, I love that, Felicia. Thank you so much. And you know what, from my side, I would say here in South Africa, you know, women are so active in theology and, and are getting more and more active. And one of the big needs I think that we have, I know it's probably in the States as well, is, you know, a theological understanding of how we deal with gender-based violence, how we deal mm-hmm. with domestic violence. And I think, you know, because as South African women, we know we have such incredible hardships here with rape, rape happening every two to three seconds. A woman is raped here. You know, we have four women that die every day with domestic violence and the faith communities want to get involved, but sometimes need that theological training. So, you know what, if, if you're mm. looking for something important to do, <laughs> throwing it out there and uh, but I know that 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 happens that that is necessary resources for South America as well and for so many countries so I know that there's going to be amazing things that God is going to do through you and through every woman a theologian thank you so much for this incredible work that you're doing it's such a blessing and also for sharing your time with me today it's been so great thank you so much Lauren 
So I'm passionate about theology and you don't need to say much to get me excited. And so today on the show, I was super excited and I love making notes while my guests speak because, you know, Felicia just had so much to share with us. And I hope and pray and believe today that you have been blessed in this conversation as well and that you've been inspired. If you are sitting listening today and you are saying, you know, I have always wanted to study theology. I've always wanted to be involved in that field. I've never known how to go about it. I've never known an action. Actually, I actually feel like I do want to study maybe night classes or you know go to seminary or get that university education and I want it to be in theology well you know what then do it don't let anything hold you back just in December I was at an event where I met a lot of women and I've shared this before in voice of change and I feel to share it again that I met a lot of women who actually came to me and said to me I've always wanted to study theology I'm a well-known lawyer I'm a professor you know I I'm an author, I do this, I do that. And so many women just desiring to know deeper truths about God's holy word. And you know, like we said, and like Nadia said last week, like we said on the show today, historically women have been left out of this conversation, but things are changing. And women have made these changes. And not only are they changing, things have changed. This is a field that is open to you. So if you feel that you want to go and get that degree, you want to go to that Bible school, you want to study that Hebrew, you want to get into that Greek, you want to get into eschatology, you want to get into New Testament studies, go and do it. Don't forget that if you take that route, you as a theologian will have a chance to also specialize. You can, you'll be able to specialize in your interests and you'll be able to say, hey, you know, the more that you study, the more you might get interested in certain things. But you know what? Also, you might be listening and saying, well, actually, I don't want to go to seminary and I don't want to go to university, but I still want to know what I believe. I want to be a lay theologian, so to say. I want to know what I believe. I want to be able to share it with grace, with passion and with purpose, power and authority. So you know what? Getting to the word of God. And and like Felicia shared with us, you know, it's not just about reading those devotionals. Devotionals are stunning and they really, really build us up. But we've become people who really rely so much on devotionals and we rely a lot on it and it is good because it builds our faith, speaks to us in the present moment. But studying the word of God and getting into theology is is a little bit bigger than that and it's also deeper than that and it's also sometimes quite difficult studying the word of God is very uplifting to our spirit but sometimes it's very difficult you know for your mind or for your thoughts it's it's not intended to be always easy you know you've got to grapple with issues you've got to ask the questions you've got to find the answers in the word of God but the answers are there and I love what Felicia spoke about as well to say what was you know God's principle throughout you know, his word in different aspects. You know, what is his principle? What was he speaking to the people at that time in maybe that particular book, through that particular gospel, through that particular letter that we encounter in the New Testament? What was those principles? What was he teaching people then? And how does it apply now as well? We need to ask all of these questions. So I hope that you've been super inspired to look at your faith. It's not just, you know, okay, I know what I believe basically, but to look at it and say, I want to know what I believe deeper i want to know what i believe you know on a more personal level with god pray and ask him you know god where are you leading me what are you asking me to do and how can i get deep into your word today you know what it's been so good to be with you on voice of change i've loved 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 it i pray that you have been blessed that you've been inspired and you know what i want to see a world of theologians knowing what they believe knowing what they have and being able to share it with so much grace it's been so good 
good. It's been a blessing. May God bless you and your family this week. Until next time, take care and shalom. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.